the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you back to today's episode of Say What? where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including a very important topic of why we are urging parents to remove their children from the public school system. That's right, George. This is a lightning rod topic, to be sure. But given the increasing corruption uh, at work in our public schools, it needs to be addressed. So we're going to spend the next two episodes talking about this issue. Why are we urging parents to get their kids out of the public schools? And there's a lot to be said here and unpack. And I I think one of the things for our audience to know is that um, we don't take this topic lightly. Uh, we've dealt with it in our own personal lives with our children. Uh, you've had to do that with your two children. Uh, I'm doing that right now with my four children. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a very, very challenging topic. Uh, just even between you and your own spouse, right? Figuring all of this out and, and you know, the, the principles you want to use to make some of these decisions. A difficult, complex issue. But, and George, this really brings up um, an antecedent issue to getting your kids out of the school system, which is biblical parenting itself. And I think we should probably talk about that this a little bit. Um, you know, if you look back in the last 20 or 30 years, there's been two extremes on the philosophy of parenting. How, how do you raise your children? Uh, On the one extreme, there's the raise your kids for success model. I don't know if you remember uh, a woman named Amy Chua. She had some very uh, famous books that came out. She's known as the Tiger Mom. A lot of our (laughs) listeners will will remember Amy Chua. Anyway, some of her books include The Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mom and Triple Package. Oh, my. These were bestsellers. I mean, so many people bought her books. And she has some very good points to raise in her, in, in her books. In fact, in the triple package, she talks about three things that are necessary for raising children if they're going to be successful in life. Self-control, discipline, and resilience. Now, who wouldn't want their children to embody those, those characters, right? Everybody would. Isn't self-control like the last of the fruit of the Spirit, right? And... It, is, it, is, it is a definitely a, a biblical concept. And as is as is discipline. 
But if you peel back the curtain here, the real uh, goal here for this particular model is to succeed. We're inculcating these values in you, um, not to make you a good person necessarily, but to make you succeed in life, to have a fulfilling career, to make lots of money, to be able to support the next generation. All good things in themselves. But that is the real goal. And there's another extreme to this parenting model, and that is the I'm your friend model um, of parenting. Millennials in my generation have definitely adopted that one. It's sort of the laissez-faire approach where parents are seen less of an author- as, as an authority figure and more of a friend. You sort of appear to, to your children. You're helping them along life's difficult roads. Uh, The goal is to help your kids discover themselves, build their self-esteem, be open-minded, to listen rather than instruct. So these are really the two competing parental models that our society has been implementing for the last 20 or 30 years. But it's not the biblical approach, not by any stretch. And Mark, you've been around longer than I have, so you've gotten to see the results. I'm kind of seeing the results. I really haven't been able to be around long enough to see the the steps and the degradation, right, um, of these. So let, let's elaborate a little bit about the biblical approach for our audience. Well, I'm going to read a scripture, and this is out of Deuteronomy chapter six, and it reads like this will be should be hopefully familiar to our listeners. Adonai Eloi Henu, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Now here's the instructive Mm -hmm. line. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. That's Deuteronomy 647. What is the goal of biblical parenting from this passage and others? It's to develop in our children primarily a love for God, Mm -hmm. reverence for his truth, obedience to his commandments and to put him first in everything that is really the goal of biblical parenting and you know for parents out there thinking that okay wow this is this is kind of radical you probably have never heard it this way before uh probably you haven't been in a church that maybe did a bible study on this one verse alone um but you know the other way to to look at it is that you know, we all aspire to be wiser in life, right? And, and wisdom will bring about with it success in God's definition of the yes. word. Um, and we know that scripture tells us that the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear the of fear the Lord. Of That's right. And so I, I think, you know, if you want to summarize this one verse is, not just in our lives, but in the lives of our children, we need to teach them to fear God. And it's not a fear that we're afraid of what necessarily God is going Correct. to do to us. It's a reverence for God and who he is and, and, and the whole scheme of humanity and why he made mankind. Correct. And what is our role in connection with, the, with him himself? So... Um, This shows you, George, how far we've come from the biblical model. 
And ironically, it's one that our founders and early Americans understood. Not only did they understand it very well, they implemented it. And this model, this Judeo-Christian model, this, this model right out of Deuteronomy, we found that in our private school systems for a couple of hundred years. In fact, um, uh, Montesquieu, who was a French philosopher who was relied on by our founders, said, as people's morals go, so go their liberties. Virtue is the handmaiden of liberty. And early Americans understood that if they were going to enjoy the bounties of liberty, it would ha- they would have to start with a moral base. So then, Mark, uh, let, let's just break this down here real quick, what, what this means. So f- parents need to understand, any, anybody, any citizen, any adult here needs to understand that the Judeo-Christian worldview places such a high regard and importance on a family. And there is a role for church. There is a role for government. That's right. But the the primary responsibility of parents in their families, as you unpack this verse here, is you, God places huge responsibilities on you when it comes to education. That's right. Families are the nurseries of society. And for a couple of centuries in America, they fulfilled that role very well. But with the introduction of comprehensive sexuality education, the sexual revolution in the 1960s, all the other things that are affecting our society, families themselves have been splintered and fractured. So it's no wonder, George, why we're seeing the problems in society that we are today. But the solution is, if we're ever going to to get back to a thriving, flourishing society, and every society wants that, flourishing humanity, flourishing human beings, You cannot do it without thriving nuclear families and nuclear families that are teaching the Word of God. So, Mark, public schools have now been around for over 100 years. And so for, um, you know, looking at the millennial generation, we're the parents of today, right, raising up young children. Um, We, you know, God brought us here to life in, you know, 100 years later. uh, You know, we're, we're stuck with this system here. How should we be looking at this, and how does now the public education system fit into this discussion? Well, it doesn't fit very well, but let's give a little bit more, a little bit more history. Um, we previously discussed how failed American education in preparing our kids for life's challenges. In fact, America spends more per capita per student than virtually any developed nation on the earth. Wow. And yet, if you look at uh, statistics from the Pew Research Foundation um, it, or even the World Economic Forum, it, we rank 48th in math and science education, and we're only in the middle of the pack when it comes to reading. Wow. So even... Even a secular education to prepare children for life's challenges, we're even failing in that, George, let alone the moral characteristics that education was originally based on. Education in America, when it first started, was primarily to develop virtue and character mm-hmm. in students, and only secondarily to give them these practical um, uh, things that were needed to succeed in life. But G.K. Chesterton, well, let me, before I, I quote that, of far greater importance than what the public schools 
failed to teach, and they're not doing a good job in math, science, and yep. reading, is what they actually do teach today. G.K. Chesterton said, when people or cultures stop believing in God, they don't believe in nothing. They believe in anything. And today's public schools are increasingly teaching a nihilistic, irrational um, uh, and a pagan worldview. And we see that that taught through things like CSC, critical race theory, historical revisionism. And even woke mathematics. Yeah. Uh, recently, there was a um, a movement in California. It is ongoing to bring identity politics in, into mathematics. So it, this is so different from past generations. Just to, again, a, a little bit of history. Uh, the Puritans uh, started out. Their main textbook was called the New England Primer. And this was the first textbook designed for American colonies. And it started off by teaching the alphabet. And it used these little poems to teach kids their, their ABCs. Yeah. For example, in Adam's fall, we sinned all. Thy life to mend this book attend. In, in school, they in learned that. School. <laughs> oh, this is what wow. they learned in kindergarten. This is a big say what, but it's a good say what. Uh, after the, the New England Primer, another very popular book in the colonial America was the Blueback Speller. And this was written by uh, a man who was called America's Schoolmaster, a man named Noah Webster. And this book was used for over a century in American schools. Noah Webster said this, No truth is more evident to my mind than that the Christian religion must be the basis of any government intended to secure the rights and privileges of a free people. Wow, that's simply amazing. Mark, you know, one thing that shocked me was about two years ago, I was introduced to a man by the name of David Barton oh, yes. from Wall Builders. And I would just listen to his YouTube videos because he's very dynamic in his presentations. And this guy rattles off fact after fact after fact and quotes from history. He's a human encyclopedia. He is. American history. And the, the thing that shocked me was that one of the first things that the U.S. government did after it, you know, we won the war, you know, we set up our constitution and all of that, um, is that our government made a purchase of 10,000 Bibles That's right. to be distributed to all the colonies for the use of education. It's a little known fact, <laughs> a little known fact. But it didn't stop there. I mean, the, the next really popular book, and pro the most popular uh, curriculum teaching book of all time has to be the McGuffey Reader. So far, it has sold over 120 million copies. And, it, copies. and the homeschool community, it's still used widely today as wow. a core teaching medium for children. And it's just filled with biblical principles in accordance with Deuteronomy mm -hmm. 6. So th these were the kinds of things that, that our children were being steeped in for a couple of generations. Uh, and it, it's no wonder how it produced such a wonderful effect on American society. And we became the most powerful, uh, the most liberty-loving, uh, the most giving nation on the, on the face of the earth. Yep. But it wasn't just educators that were relying on this biblical worldview. 
um, our greatest leaders also were promulgating it. Zachary Taylor, who was president from, um, uh, who was president around uh, 1850, wrote this. The Bible is indispensable to the safety and permanence of our institutions. A free government cannot exist without religion and morals, and there cannot be morals without religion, nor religion without the Bible. Hmm. Especially should the Bible be placed in the hands of the young. It is the best school book in the world. Wow. President Zachary Taylor. Uh, President Teddy Roosevelt said something similar. The teachings of the Bible, he wrote, are so interwoven and entwined with our whole civic and social life that it would be literally, I do not mean figuratively, I mean literally impossible for us to figure ourselves out with what life would be if these teachings were ever removed. So I plead, he goes on to say, not merely for training by the mind, but for the moral and spiritual training that have always been found in and that have ever accompanied the study of this book, talking about the scriptures. Well, if he really wanted to see what it's like, he should just live 100 years later. Yeah, that's right. And that that is really interesting. Wow. These are such powerful statements by these presidents. And it wasn't just American citizens and American presidents. Of course, there was the famous French journalist who traveled America in the 1830s trying to figure out what is the secret of America's greatness. Mm -hmm. His name is Alexis de Tocqueville, and he wrote his famous treatise, Democracy in America. And he said famously, you know, I I sought for the greatness of of America in in her commodious harbors, in her ample rivers, but it was not there in her fertile valleys, in her her boundless forests, and it was not there, in her rich mines and in her vast world commerce, and it was not there. It wasn't even, Tocqueville said, in her democratic congress and in her matchless constitution, because these are results of people's values and beliefs. And he's seeing this about 50 years after our founding. In the 1830s. Wow. That's right. This is what he said. It wasn't until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of America's genius and power. America is great because she is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she'll cease to be great. Almost 200 years ago. That's right. And, and, you know, for me, just hearing all of this, it, it's almost like when we have to start talking about today, um, we pop a balloon. <laughs> and it just deflates us when we look at what's going on it, today. It didn't happen overnight, but it definitely happened. We've talked before about people like Horace Mann, uh, who brought about the normal school, the Owenites, whose great object was to get rid of Christianity in the public school system. John Dewey, the the first signer of the Humanist Manifesto, who is uh, a member of the Frankfurt School, that all led to the removal of Bible reading and prayer in the public schools starting in the 1960s. And then came the sexual revolution, which led to the splintering of families. All of this, George, was destined to corrupt our public school system, and it has. Yeah, and for for parents, um, 
you remember we talked about other names like Alfred Kinsey. Yeah. Um, and he was a huge promoter of uh, just kind of, you know, openness to anything sexually related. He, he famously published the female and the male report back in 1948 and 1951. Um, then Hugh Hefner, playboy, took over. Uh, he became Kinsey's pamphleteer or evangelist, as That's he right. called. He, he said that himself. Um, and so, yeah, every one of these intentional movements has always been an attack on the family. That's right. It's been a slow, creeping corruption. corruption. But just to remind our listeners again this scripture, what is the role of biblical parenting? You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Now, children in the public school system are there roughly between 8 o'clock in the morning till sometimes 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So their most productive waking hours are spent in, a, in an environment that is actively seeking to corrupt the very values and character development that we've spent the last 20 minutes or so talking about. In fact, George, um, uh, Mary Rice Hassan and Teresa Farnan, this is a little preview of what we're going to be talking more about next week. They wrote this brilliant book called Get Out Now. In fact, we made a video about it. Yep. Uh, you can find that on our website, uh, protectourkidsnow.org. Um, uh, and we urge our listeners to, to watch that videos. But here is what they said after this in-depth study of what was happening in the public schools. They wrote this. The public schools, with their vast political and bureaucratic machinery, are beyond reform. That does not mean that persons of goodwill should not offer themselves up as missionaries of truth and goodness and beauty to teach there. But we would be quite mad to send our children there. We send missionaries to cannibals. We do not serve cannibals, our boys and girls. So this is the opinion of people who have studied this in depth. For, for many, many years, educated people. At POK, we've taken, we're a young organization, but we've spent the last two years of our lives dedicated to looking into what's going on in the public school system. And unfortunately, George, we've come to the same conclusion. Yeah. That the only sure remedy for parents to ensure that their children uh, are going to be able to receive these godly values and produce the kind of society that I think all of us want is to get their kids out of the public schools. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to unpack a lot of the, the thinking in our next episode, right, of, um, okay, so once you reach, you know, this conclusion, um, for me, I was on the other side of the spectrum, Mark, um, where growing up in a very strong uh, Christian family, um, even back in Romania under communism, I looked at what my parents went through and my older siblings went through, where there was only a public school to attend. You had no uh, school, any form of school choice, homeschooling, private schooling. Um, and it, it, it definitely warrants a conversation that's more related to the context that we're dealing with here. That's right. What's interesting is I still remember when... Um, when I had to deal with reading a book 
called uh, Beloved in high school. This was in 12th grade, um, and it had a bestiality scene in it, it like the first end of the first chapter. And I'm like, I'm not reading this book. I told my dad about it. He was floored. He's like, not even in communist Romania, they made us read this filth. Yes. And we went to the, the, the principal. Well, we went to the teacher first, and she wouldn't hear us. So we just forced our way into the principal's office. And when my dad shared his experience from communist Romania, and he told them this statement that we were never even allowed to read this kind of filth in communist Romania, um, the principal was shocked. And what was even more shocking for them was that nobody had complained in the past about a book like this. So for them, they're like, this is literature. And we're like, no, this is filth uh, masquerading as literature. Um, So that's just a minute thing of what today is happening over and over and over from every angle and every subject. I mean, just recently in my sixth graders class, I had to deal with a, an outdoor science activity. But everything that they plastered in that activity on the characters were, you know, woke issues, you know, and Black Lives Matter on people's shirts, and it's everywhere. It and, and so we really urge parents, uh, please start thinking through this subject very seriously, very intently. It's time for us to really consider what is in the best interest of our children. I agree, George. Uh, It's past time, actually, probably a couple of decades past time, but it's never too late. Uh, The first step is to learn about these things and then engage. So we'll see you next time on Say What. Take care. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What.